The scripture is for today is James 1, 19 through 21. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. As I have said to you on other occasions, I very intentionally try not to view the daily national news reports. I don't subscribe to the television channels that provide the news, and I don't take a newspaper. Now, why do I do that? It's because most all of my life, I have been an emotional person, and I'm prone to anger. And most all the news reports seem to lead me, in particular, lead me in that direction, to cause me to be upset, to be angry. And knowing that I can do little or nothing about all the many troubles and problems that are being reported on the news, I've chosen to simply avoid viewing any of it. However, with that being said, I do unfortunately allow myself one avenue of knowing about the things that are taking place in the world. I occasionally throughout my day will turn to a selected news web page on my computer. I say unfortunately because I still do get upset and angry. My computer is no safe haven for news, no matter how selective I am in my choices of which of those news web pages I'll turn to. And recently, with all that has been taking place in our nation, I must confess to you that I fight within my own soul to not be angry, to not be really angry about all of it, about the people who are rioting in the streets, about the decisions of our government leaders all the way across our nation, our Congress, all of the leaders, and then especially about our very biased media. And anger, excessive anger, clearly is the, uh, the controlling emotion that's within all of those people that I just mentioned. And then all of the events that are taking place. Anger is written on every face and in every voice of the people who are rioting. Also in our government leaders, our congressmen and women, you see this anger just written, spewing forth from their mouth. And in our media, which not only feeds upon all of that, they lead us to even more anger and even more violent behavior. Now may I pause for a moment after I've said that to remind us of the scripture that we're studying that I just read to you. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Now, verse 20 here is so evident in every venue of the current events of this world. Pure, unbridled anger is taking place and none of it, absolutely none of it, will produce the righteousness of God. And I know that to be especially true within the recesses of my own mind and my own soul. Folks, I do not have the strength of character to withstand that demonic flow 
of anger that is covering our nation's events. I don't have the strength of character to withstand that. For me personally, and I'll ask you to examine and evaluate your own soul's response, but again, for me personally, one of the problems with my receiving information into my mind, once I click on that news webpage and I receive this information into my mind, having received that, I'm required, my mind requires me to deal with whatever information that I've just received. And unfortunately, I prove to myself daily that by using only my own faculties and the strength of my own human mind and character, I am completely unable to deal with all of that distressing information that I'm exposing myself to, and especially to deal with it in a manner that God will approve of. I want to read these words for us again. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person, let me, let every person be quick to hear, but slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man, the anger of mine, the anger of yours, does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now those words are in verse 21. Filthiness and rampant wickedness. They are such a perfect description of all that's taking place in our nation today. Filthiness and rampant wickedness. Perfect description. But not only that, as I've just said to you, as I view that filthiness and rampant wickedness, I recognize that my own soul is being corrupted by it. Yes, I'm in opposition to so much of it, but I'm still being corrupted. And because, again, as I mentioned a moment ago, because I can do nothing about that filthiness and rampant wickedness to stop it, to change it, to improve it, I can only watch. I can only watch and become even more angry, permitting these sinful thoughts and these frustrations to be stirred up within my soul. I have a great deal of difficulty dealing with all of that. I'm reminded of the quandary that the Apostle Paul suffered in Romans chapter 7. There, and I'd like you to turn there if you would, Paul spoke of how he was presented with some of those circumstances of his daily life that he had difficulty with, that he would respond in ways that he didn't want to respond. Paul knew exactly what God wanted of him. I know exactly what God wants of me. You need to know exactly what God wants of you. But Paul knew. Paul did know. And his spirit was strong. But unfortunately, just as with my own flesh, Paul's flesh was weak. There in Romans chapter 7, listen to these struggles that he speaks of beginning in verse 15. Paul says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Folks, this response, this response seems to take place within my own soul almost daily. And may I suggest that this same response may also, or probably also, takes place to some degree within your soul as you view 
the circumstances that I've mentioned or others that are difficult for you. And I truly despise the weak and wicked response of my flesh. And yet I continue to open up my news webpage. I continue to open up that laptop and I click on that webpage and I catch the sight of the pictures and the words about all that wretched filthiness and rampant wickedness that's taking place. And I keep getting angry over and over again. I'm reminded that uh, I believe it was Einstein that was credited with saying this. He says, insanity is defined as that which you keep doing over and over again in the same way, but expecting a different result. That would describe what I'm doing. But in amongst it all, I want you to know that I can hear this gentle voice of the Lord Jesus whispering in my ears saying, why do you keep kicking against the goad, my child? Give it up. You are no longer a part of this world. I have purchased you out of it, so come out and be separate from it. You are mine. My blood was shed for you. So come out and be separate from all of that. And he says, let me, Jesus says, let me be the one to take care of all that rampant wickedness that's making you so angry. And folks, I really do want to do that. I want to obey his voice. But as yet, I don't seem to quite be able to do it. I keep having this desire to know at least a little bit of what's taking place out there. And so I open up my webpage and I get angry all over again. May I ask you, do you find yourself being angry about all the things that are taking place in our nation today? About what God describes here as being filthy and rampant wickedness. If you are angry, how does your anger manifest itself? Now, I ask that question because we each do have our own way of being angry. As I thought through these words, I remembered that in my younger years, in my younger years, my anger used to be very explosive. In only a moment, my emotions could go from a relative calm to fiery and then to fierce. And depending upon who I was angry at, I would get that measure of venting with my words. And thinking back, it's a curious thing that I could somehow control my venting if the object of my anger was my boss or someone else that I viewed as being important. But unfortunately, with those lesser important people, like my beloved family members, the very ones that should have been the most important of all, I would vent and too often vent angrily. Then as I grew older, I recall my explosive anger began to tone itself down. It reduced down to what I would describe as a seething kind of anger. The kind of anger that's held inside and only vented through these muscles throughout my neck as the adrenaline would flow, giving me my tension headaches. Have you experienced that? May I say that the quiet, seething form of anger is only better for the people that I would have otherwise been exploding at. For myself, the seething form of anger was just as sinful. Just as sinful. Let me read our text again. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, but slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce in any form. Anger in any form does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness, the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So then, 
may I ask again, are you angry? Especially when you turn on your news programs and watch all of this as described here, the filthiness and rampant wickedness that's taking place in our nation. No matter who you agree with or disagree with, there's going to be someone there in that media or in those venues that are going to meet your threshold of anger. I confess to you that it's been ever so difficult for me to prepare these words for you today and to not let at least some form of anger seep into this message. And I've repented over and over again, and I'm still repenting even now. And I confess also that I regularly experienced the struggles that the Apostle Paul endured and spoke about here in Romans chapter 7 that we read about. I do not do the things that I want to do, but instead so often in response to some emotion, I'll do the things that I hate. Now, may I inject a caution into this message that's sometimes confusing to many of even solid, earnestly committed Christians. It has to do with some words over in Ephesians 4 and other places. But in Ephesians 4, beginning verse 26, we read, Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. It seems that many well-meaning Christians will debate as to whether or not their anger in a circumstance is a righteous anger. Have you heard someone say that? My anger is a righteous anger. Well, may I say for myself that I can never remember an incident in which I could claim that my anger was completely righteous. Now, it might have, might have begun that way, but it seems invariably somewhere along the pathway of my anger, it changed and it would become sinful. And surely that is one of the reasons God gave us this clear warning in verse 20 when he said, for the anger of man does not produce the righteous of God. So then may I ask again of you personally, is anger a problem for you within your soul? Is anger perhaps even a regular part of your nature? Unfortunately, as we consider matters such as this, there's this defensive mechanism within most all of us that reaches to answer that question in the kindest way possible, protecting ourselves from the real truth that God needs for us to be honest about. We need not be making excuses for our sin. God really does need for us to be honest with ourselves. And if we're truly honest, we will probably agree that there's at least some level, some level of anger that's present within our souls perhaps packaged and expressed differently depending upon our personality, but it's there all the same. How can I know that to be true? How can I know that there is most likely or almost positively some level of anger that you are struggling with in these matters? How can I know that? I can know that simply because God has seen fit to address that matter right here in these scriptures that we're studying today. And none of us are exempt from this. None of us are exempt. And in addition to these words, you'll recall that I shared some verses from Romans chapter 3 some weeks back where were said it there to be, there is none righteous, no, not one. Folks, sin and sinful responses are part of our old sinful nature. And yes, you and I are saved, but our flesh, as with the Apostle Paul, will not let us rest. Our old flesh will be as he remind us, uh, reminded us there in chapter 7. It will rise up within us to take possession of our responses. And too often, 
we'll give in to our flesh. And the question for you and me today is, what are we to do with those responses of our flesh? Look back again at Romans chapter 7. Let's read what the Apostle Paul tells us as he meanders through his consideration. In Romans 7, beginning in verse 21, he said, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Did you hear Paul's answer to his dilemma? There in verse 25, and it is the answer to your my dilemma. He said there, thanks be to God, the answer is, it is through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then thankfully also, in the very next verses, over in Romans 8, we're given God's blessed assurance. In essence, saying to us that while, yes, often we may be taken captive for some reason to whatever of these sinful behaviors that we encounter, he says to us, with this assurance, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember he said his answer was, thanks be to God, it is through Christ Jesus our Lord. And he says here, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Now yes, you and I, though we're completely and eternally saved, we really will often do very dumb and simple things, like my turning on my news program and then getting angry about it over and over again. Now, though I do that, I have the assurance from him that there is therefore now no condemnation. So I, I don't lose my salvation, but I do disappoint the Lord. He says, though you do that, Bill, there is now no condemnation for you because you are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Now, as you think about this, you might think, well, is this all I have to do? Simply lean back and enjoy the forgiveness of Christ when I've made a mess out of the last couple of hours of getting angry and venting at the television set or something. Is that all I have to do is lean on Him? And the answer is yes, that really is all we have to do because we truly are in Christ if we have Him as our Savior. Now I say that, but I also want to say that in gratitude to Christ for His loving forgiveness, we really should do the thing that we should have done in the beginning of our struggles. We should do as any bride would do with her beloved bridegroom. We should draw near to Him, to Christ. And the Scriptures assure us that when we do that, when we draw up near to Christ, He will draw near to us. And folks, when He does that, when He draws near to us, His blessed Holy Spirit will begin to replace our simple responses with the presence of His precious spiritual fruits. As He draws up close to us, His Holy Spirit will replace all of that foolishness and anger within us with love and joy and peace and patience, kindness and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness, self-control. And oh, what a joy-filled experience begins to take place when He does that. I was reminded of the old hymn that tells us, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim 
in the light of His glory and grace. So then, if you struggle with sin, such as this one that we're talking about today, that of anger and all of its many different forms, may I remind you and me that our sinful anger and frustration can do absolutely nothing to stop or to change or to improve that filthiness and rampant wickedness that's taking place out there in our nation today. You're venting at your television set or whatever way you handle the anger that's within you will not do any good. And you and I both know that. And rather than allowing ourselves to watch and become all the more angry with simple thoughts and frustration, may I instead invite you and me, and especially me, to stop, to simply stop and turn our eyes toward Jesus and to ask His Holy Spirit to fill our hearts and our minds with His love, His joy, His peace, His patience, His kindness. So for two days now, I have not turned on that channel on my computer. And I want to make it a third day tomorrow. If we'll do that, if we'll turn our eyes towards Jesus, I promise you on the authority of these scriptures that you and I will immediately begin to have a better day, a better day. Listen to these words again as I close. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Let's pray.